0: Didn't the season, like, just start? What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Lombardi Time Brews, where I'm your host, John Delray. You know, today I decided I wanted to elaborate on a little something that I was asked about in the live that I did on Saturday, and that is the upcoming trade deadline for the Green Bay Packers as well as the rest of the NFL. Yeah, as we know, it's it's getting closer and closer. October 31st is the deadline this year, and although it's not typically a time of great activity for the Packers, there's at least some potential on both sides of the spectrum, and staying pat, The Packers really could, at this juncture, go any which way. Before getting into details about the trade deadline, though, just a quick injury update for you. For one, Quay Walker today, obviously kind of the the main talked-about injury coming out of uh, the game last week, he participated predominantly with the rehab group today, although he was seen with a helmet, which is a step in the right direction. Devondre Campbell, also with the rehab group, was not spotted with a helmet. In terms of Darnell Savage, he was actually able to at least return to practice in a limited capacity. Also upcoming, the return of Eric Stokes. Looks likely that he's going to play this weekend for the first time in nearly a year. Now, of course, to get him on the roster, the Packers will have to make a roster move. So later on the week, obviously, Much more injury updates to come, but today was the first day back to work following the Packers' bye week. And the team, as we know, sits at 2-3. and The upcoming game against the Broncos very well could determine whether this team is buyers at the deadline, and maybe not buyers in your most traditional sense, but buyers nonetheless, or sellers at the deadline. Because going against a team with a historically bad defense like the Denver Broncos have, a team that has looked downright unequivocally broken at times, and no, I'm not talking about the Packers, I'm talking about the Broncos, that game could determine which way Brian Gutekunst and company desire to go. Nonetheless, though, I think if they do make a move in terms of actually getting a player, it's not necessarily going to plea a player to plug a hole right now. Any player that they acquire at the deadline could very well be someone that factors into the future plans of the organization because this is a time for growth, transition, evaluation, whatever you want to call it. This year is that year for Green Bay in order to gear up to really be contenders in the near future. So let's take a look at a little bit of history first. Brian Gutekunst been GM since 2018 and in that time in-season trades have been relatively infrequent for the man at the helm in 2018 his first season as the GM he did make two trades one was trading away HaHa Clinton Dix for a fourth round pick the other one was trading away Ty Montgomery for a seventh round pick now keep in mind 2018 Brian Gutekunst's first year at the helm the Green Bay Packers finished 6-9-1 and one. that also is the year that Mike McCarthy was fired I believe 12 weeks into the season. So uh, an overall losing year for Green Bay, Brian Gutekunst hasn't looked over too many of those and this year. I think it's, you can't really argue against it. The team is at least sitting at a losing record right now. So it's at least part of the consideration, right? In 2019, this wasn't a losing year for the Packers, but they did trade away another player as Trevor Davis was traded for a sixth round pick. Now that year they went on to be 13 and three. Trevor Davis had really just kind of fallen out of favor. So what you see there is if they're going to make an in-season trade where they're trading somebody away, it probably is going to be one of two factors. One, they're in a losing season, and this player doesn't factor into their long-term plans. Or this is just straight up a player we've grown frustrated with, a la probably Trevor Davis and certainly Ty Montgomery the year prior. Now, in terms of buying, Brian Goodenkunst has yet to do that in-season. Really, once you get kind of like the past initial roster construction week one type stuff, Brian Kutekunst has not made a swing for the fences midseason trade, although the Packers have certainly been rumored to have attempted in recent years, most notably Chase Claypool last year, Will Fuller the years prior to that, but Brian Kutekunst never quite willing to meet the price or in the case of last year with Claypool willing to meet the price, but then getting beaten out by a team with just a worse record so the receiving team could ultimately get a better pick. If you're looking for the last time that the Green Bay Packers acquired a player at the trade deadline or even in season, you're going back to 2016 when Ted Thompson worked out a trade with the Kansas City Chiefs that acquired running back Nile Davis for a seventh round pick. The historical precedent for Green Bay to go out and get players in season, not really there. Nonetheless, though, let's entertain the thought. As I said earlier, we know that a player that they're going to acquire is probably a player that's going to come into the future plan of the organization, not necessarily that they're locked into a four or five year contract right now, but someone that they could vision giving a new contract to someone like a Jonathan Taylor from weeks ago, as the Packers were rumored to have interest there. So keep that in mind as we evaluate these guys. Ideally, too, they're not going to be in the last year of the deal, although that's admittedly much more difficult and more expensive to find at the trade deadline. Green Bay ideally wants these guys to have more than one year left. But that's kind of tough sledding. It also is going to be at a position that Green Bay doesn't exactly have the most certain future. So you're probably looking at running back, where A.J. Dillon's a free agent after this year and Aaron Jones's cap number goes through the roof. Or how about safety, where Rudy Ford is a free agent after this year, as is Darnell Savage, or even the interior offensive line. I know you think an exterior offensive line, too, but Tom and Walker both have a lot of years left on their contracts. Interior offensive line, John Runyon Jr., free agent after the year, Josh Myers, two to go. Plus, you're just dealing with John Runyon Jr. and Josh Myers there, which I know a number of fans would like to upgrade above anyway. And then in terms of finding a potential match, right? Who are these teams that may be looking to ship off assets that Green Bay may be interested in? We're probably looking at a team that either is going through a mass transition right now or rebuild or a team that's getting close. Maybe not a team that's unexpectedly found themselves there unless it's kind of a last year contract dump off or someone they're frustrated with. But there's a few teams that kind of fit the bill. And I think you're looking at the Giants, Panthers, Broncos, Titans, Cardinals, Cardinals and then maybe even the Patriots, although Bill Belichick is a little unexpected in his trade tendencies. And from those teams, you can find a handful of players. Now, I'm not going to dive into every possible detail here about every single one of these guys, but I do think that these are players who have a short amount of time left in the contract, meaning they're either free agents at the end of this year or they've got one additional year left. And they're players that could be moved From rebuilding teams than maybe guys that don't fit into that team's long-term vision. So let's start with one who's already widely rumored to be on the trade back, and a lot of Packer fans are already excited about him. One would be safety Jeremy Chin from the Carolina Panthers. And look, I got to say, they picked A.J. Dillon just a couple picks in front of Chin just a few years ago, and he did have a, a much more illustrious start to his career in Carolina than it seemingly is coming to an end. He isn't getting much playing time right now for defensive coordinator Evero. He's kind of fallen out of favor. But one thing you can say about the safety from Carolina is that he's a above average tackler, willing to get involved in the run game, and is highly versatile in the secondary. Kind of sounds like the player or a type of player that the Packers could use right now in their star role or nickel role, and in the future, perhaps cement into one of the long-term starting safety jobs. Because remember, Rudy and Darnell are both free agents after this year. So I think there is a potential match here in terms of Jeremy Chin and the Green Bay Packers. Also, if you're looking for other safeties, these are the wish upon a star safeties, the ones that the Packers may have to even move some cap movement around to get. But of course, Buda Baker from Arizona, he would fit the bill. Of course, Simmons from Denver, he would fit the bill. But realistically, Green Bay is going to have to pay a ton for either one of those former All-Pros, as well as uh, future cap money is going to have to go there. Uh, it's it's just difficult to envision Green Bay making that big of a swing, especially mid-season. But there is one other safety. Maybe, maybe this one stands a chance. That would be from the New York Giants' Xavier McKinney. One of the Giants' highest graded defenders per PFF, a sure tackler, never has had a missed tackle rate over 10% in his career. Certainly an upgrade over Darnell Savage in that one regard. Is he perfect? No, but he does a lot of the same things that you kind of wish Darnell Savage would do in your defense. He's very quick, he's very instinctive, but sometimes his instincts point him in the correct direction, and as though Darnell Savage has been wildly improved this year. Moving forward is still a question of consistency when it comes to Savage. Keep in mind too, I know I'm talking a lot about safeties. Like I I get that. And I would say for all of the worrying, all of the discussion that we did in the offseason about the safety position, Rudy Ford, Darnell Savage, that duo at safety, is very much not one of the top concerns on the roster right now. However, I am focusing on safety as a position of want for trades because it is very much a question moving forward due to contracts coming up. Even their depth there, Jonathan Owens only on a one-year deal. Down Levitt one-year deal. The only one you've got is Anthony Johnson Jr., who can't even seem to find himself active on game days. So safety, even though it's not a problem today, is still very much a question moving forward for the Green Bay Packers. Now let's get off of safety. I already talked about a few. Let's take a look at the interior offensive line instead. And how about from the Tennessee Titans, one Aaron Brewer. Yeah, I mean, this guy plays all over the line. Collegiately, there was one year in college where he actually had at least one start on every single one of the five spots. For Tennessee, he's played at every interior spot. This year, after the departure of Ben Jones, they decided to hand him the starting center job. And this guy is undersized. He's quick. No, I'm not talking about the best players in the world. Keep that in mind. He is undersized. He is quick. He's very athletic. That all actually seems to mold with Green Bay pretty well. But here's the thing. He's like the polar opposite flip of Josh Myers and John Runyon Jr. Because both of them are above average at pass blocking. And then kind of deficient in run blocking. Aaron Brewer of the Tennessee Titans, flip it and reverse it. Deficient at pass blocking. Above average, clearing the way for Derrick Henry. And with that versatility, it's something that I could at least see. He is currently playing on the second round tender. So he's got a cap number for the whole of this year, a little over $4 million. He's also a free agent at the end of the year. He's also right around 26 years old. This is someone that Green Bay could move or make a move on if the price is right and it's cheap enough in terms of draft compensation. I'm just, I'm finding dudes that are matches, right? Aaron Brewer could potentially be one of them. And then the last one, in terms of actually acquiring somebody, maybe they want to place a call to Denver. Now, Denver has said to this point, we're much more willing to entertain trades for our defensive players than we are for our offensive. Well, not all the defensive players seem to match Green Bay's needs or prices at this juncture. However, Denver's offensive players, maybe. And there you're talking Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton. Those are the two big names. Those are ten Denver's two wide receivers. But I don't think Green Bay needs to make a move in the wide receiver department, looking ahead to the future. They've got all of their guys, Reed, Watson, Dodd. They're all locked in for years. The running back position, however, not so much. And maybe Denver would be willing to have a conversation about a running back like Javante Williams, their starting running back, who is one year removed from his ACL tear, who has not exactly been a highlight reel this year as he continues to recover, or even Perrine a little bit different style of a running back, someone with a couple years left on his contract because they do have the undrafted free agent now ascending through the depth chart in Denver. Maybe it's at least worth a phone call if Green Bay believes in the potential of one of Denver's backs. So I think perusing the, what may Green Bay be willing to give up? What teams out there may be looking to make moves versus what's realistic at positions of need? or at least long-term need. And I think that's the list that you wind up with of guys at least having some potential to have some conversations about. Now, in terms of selling, let's say the Green Bay Packers come out of this buy, and I'm not looking to put evil on anybody, but let's say the Packers come out of this buy, and they wind up losing the Broncos, they lose a whole bunch more games, they lose a bunch before Halloween, whatever. They're due to be sellers at the deadline, which does fit much more Brian Goodick's than being an aggressive buyer at the trade deadline there's three Packers that I think at least find themselves in conversations. One, and probably my number one candidate for this would be Keyshawn Nixon. Yeah, I know, fan favorite, all-pro returner last year. But here's the question I posed to you. What's he done this year in the all-pro returning department? Well, teams are able to kick away from him. Rich Basaccio said as much today in his press conference. The teams are essentially neutralizing Nixon because they're kicking away or they're kicking over. But if you're looking at a contending team, who wants some spark for their special teams, as well as a guy who can play in the secondary, maybe Nixon's worth a look. Defensively for the Packers, Nixon has done some good work, but certainly struggled there as well. And with the return of Stokes and more secondary players coming into the fold for Green Bay, maybe it's worth it to trade the guy who's only signed a one-year deal to come back. It's at least worth a thought. Or how about running back A.J. Dillon? Now, I know everyone's very down on Dillon right now. He didn't exactly fill in for Aaron Jones over the last month in exemplary fashion. And perhaps maybe the Packers, and maybe even Dillon, even though he'd never, ever, ever say it, believe that he would be better suited in an environment where it's more of a downhill running style. Maybe he's in the last year of his deal. These are the types of Packers that are generally traded at the deadline, if anyone, or The other type of packer that's traded at the deadline, someone who seemingly has found himself in a coach's doghouse, someone who inexplicably keeps messing up on the field or just can't get on the field. So maybe Yash Nyman. Because there could be a contending team out there that's sitting there going, oh, we're so close. We just need to protect better. Who's available on the deadline? Who's out there for trades? Let's turn on some tape from last year and go look at Yash perform above expectation. Against a number of quality edge rushers, and now inexplicably cannot get himself on the field, even as Rashid Walker continues to struggle in run blocking, or even as Zach Tom is still appearing semi hobbled from his knee injury. Yet Yash cannot get playing time. Why? Well, he's probably in someone's dughouse, paired with comments from Stenovich a couple of weeks ago that we all know about. So maybe, just maybe. Yash is the doghouse player to be traded this year because some contender needs a little bit of reinforcement on the line. So you have it. Now, we're gonna dive in so much more about the trade deadline as we get closer. This was meant as a quick overview, a quick like, if we're looking to buy, it's gonna be this kind of situation with a few names that maybe kinda sorta match. If we're looking to sell, it's probably gonna be one of this type of player or one of these two types of players. But we are going to be diving in so much more as we get closer and closer. But like I said, don't be shocked if this deadline is determined by what's coming up this weekend against the Denver Broncos. Thanks so much for joining me here on the Marty Time Brews. I'll be back midweek. Probably going to be doing a live Q&A midweek this week as we continue to muddle on through the bye week. And I'll have injury updates there as well. And then Friday, I'll be previewing that matchup for Packers versus Broncos. And then, of course, a watch party coming up, too. Thanks so much for joining me. I hope you are having a wonderful day today. And as always, Go Pack Go!